0: Hey, listeners, I just want to let you know about a really fun event that we have coming up on Friday, October 23rd at Buckeye Bourbon House on Gay Street in Columbus, Ohio. Um, It'll start around 6.30 p.m. It's called Women in Whiskey, Stop Mansplaining Me. It's a live podcast and tasting with some amazing trailblazing women in the whiskey industry. If you'd like to check us out, um, you can find tickets at ColumbusCraftCocktailTour.com. And just so you know, our very first guest is going to be the ladies from Uncle Nearest Tennessee Whiskey, the most awarded whiskey in the world right now. So you don't want to miss out on this. So hope to see you there. Cheers. Hey, listeners. On this episode of If This Bar Could Talk, we have a guest host. Jesse Hubbard is in the house. From the Great Southern Whiskey Bar. His guest is none other than Jason Potts, his, his boss. boss. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to talk about home brewing and tell some ghost stories and from the West. that they're and... doing under quarantine. Yeah, so let's get into it. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk. Podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits,
1: and bars. Welcome everybody to If This Bar Could Talk. I am your guest host for this evening, Jesse Hubbard. Super excited to be here, and joining me from the Great Southern Whiskey Bar is Jason Potts. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic.
2: Uh, thank you for having me here tonight. To... Super
1: excited. Super excited to have oh, you yeah? here.
2: Yeah, I'm yep. excited to be here too. Awesome.
1: And uh, so, for those for those of you listening. You may be thinking, well, Jason's from the Great Southern Whiskey Bar. Jesse, aren't you also from the Great Southern Whiskey Bar? And the answer is, yes, I am. And if you're asking yourselves, is Jason your boss? Yes, I am. The answer would be, yes, he is. <laughs> but I, I want to make it abundantly clear that I am not having him on the show to talk with him to be a kiss-up. I am having uh-huh. him, contrary to popular belief, I'm having him on here because outside of work, we are uh, real-life friends. and yeah. um and even though this sounds like a kissy-uppy thing to say, uh, I, you're one of the people I respect most in the industry here. and um, I appreciate that. I just think it'd be a lot of fun for us to kind of chat a little bit and have this kind of a neat little moment that we can have in a time capsule during this crazy year right now. And uh, It is a little
2: crazy. And, and yeah, yeah I, mean, I really appreciate this opportunity. And, uh, you know, I definitely consider you one of my close friends. And this is great opportunity to – I like how you say that, a little yeah. time capsule to kind of remember this. 2020
1: we can look back someday and say man remember that year that sucked <laughs> that was a rough but, year. but that was a good conversation <laughs> that we had that was a lot of fun so you are the food and beverage manager yes at the weston hotel correct which is including the great southern whiskey bar but also other outlets in there so tell tell everybody a little bit about what it exactly it is that you do there
2: well what do i do there i like to think i do a little bit of everything there um I'll step back a little bit. I, I joined Weston uh, about four years ago. I was actually behind the house, back of the house. Uh, I was a, a kitchen supervisor starting back there to make sure all the food went out solid, looked great, and uh, make sure that uh, you know we did our best to make sure uh, everything looked good. Uh, eventually, they uh, asked that uh, maybe go to the front of the house and, and see what the guests were doing and make sure the guests were happy at the same time. So about two years ago, um, I went to the front of the house. and. Uh, That is in the middle of our transition when we were uh, transforming the uh, Thurber's Bar to the uh, Great Southern Whiskey Bar. Um, So I did some of that conversion. I also was taking over the uh, High Street Grill area, which is our breakfast um, offering in the mornings. And then I also uh, helped take care of the banquets for all the weddings and other uh, social events that we have, uh, taking care of all their um, whiskey needs liquor
1: needs things of that nature so i definitely want to dive in more in a little bit later um about the transformation from thurber's to the whiskey bar sure and uh some of the other aspects of what your job was when you first came on board but uh so for now though you and i are both not working there because the bar has been closed since march
2: yeah march 19th my last day there so um Technically, I'm furloughed. You're furloughed. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to getting back. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, as of this time, I'm not sure when that's going to be. But fingers crossed sooner than later. So
1: let's send this to uh, the executive committee and all the the higher ups.
2: I like that idea. We're, we're
1: out, Jason and me. We're out. We're about. We're talking to people. <laughs> let's all reopen the bar, you guys. Yeah, we, we
2: got this advertising going on. Let's take advantage of it while we got a
1: chance. So <laughs> maybe it'll work. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. So you talked a little bit about you were back of, house, back of the house. So mm-hmm. for those that don't know, and that's the, essentially the kitchen area, um, working behind the scenes, getting all the food and everything out. Then you move to the front of house, which is more of a engagement with the customers and the guests and things like that. That's, I think, a little bit of a unique transition. You know, you see it once in a while, but not often do you see somebody go from being, you know, you were a chef in the back of the house, you weren't just working there. So you had a, a very prominent position sure. working in the kitchen and then you go to a management position in front of the guests, which is a totally different world. How did that come about?
2: It, it is kind of a, I'm not going to say it's unique, but it doesn't happen a lot. Um, there's two different mindsets. When you're in the back of the house, uh, you know, the ticket rolls in, um, you have your muscle memory going, you're, you're executing X, Y, Z. You're making the, uh, the food look as great as, uh, you know, executive chef wants it to look and, uh, you're getting out in a timely manner. That's your focus. Um, Taking care of the food, making sure it looks great, make sure it tastes great. Um, then you make that transition to the front of the house, and it's not. Yeah, you want great food, but it's also guest focused, and it's a it's a different way of looking at the you know the service, and uh, it's making that uh, transition with you know you have your your bartenders and your servers um, communicating with the guests, try to figure out what the guest wants, and then they try to get that uh, information to the back of the house. And then there's always sometimes that little bit of a miscommunication. And there's a <laughs> there's a piece of that, that it's making that transition to go from the back of the house to front of the house is, is thinking about what you're trying to accomplish. Obviously, front of house, you, you got to be absolutely guest focused and figure out how to take care of the guests and to take care of the guests the way they want to be taken care of, not the way that mm-hmm. you think they should be taken care of. Sure. Um, You know, in the back of the house, it's, okay, I got to execute this food this way. This steak goes this way. This pasta goes this way. But- Sometimes you're in the front of the house, you got to really anticipate, you know, what the guests are looking for and, and ask certain questions. So yeah, it was a transition. Um, I like to think of myself as a, a fairly good people person. I get along with most people in general. I hopefully you agree with that thought process. You're all right. I'm all right. Okay. (laughs) I'll go with that. I'll go with that. But absolutely um, for sure. But it's fun being in front of the guests and, uh, getting to know them. It's fun to see the reactions. Um, Obviously, there's a, uh, the downside of, you know, when things don't go right, you, you got to take the brunt of that and, uh, you know, got to fall on that sword and make sure that, hey, you know, if we didn't do it right this time, can you give us an opportunity to do it right the second time? But uh, for the most part, that's few and far between. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's a different transition, but it's great being in front of people. It's great to learn about new guests. It's great to, to see the uh, the regulars. And it's just a good time. So,
1: What would you say would, was the biggest adjustment or something maybe that you didn't realize being back of house that when you came front of house you're like oh wow this is this is what it's like or this is this is different is there anything that stands out
2: something that stands out that i wasn't i guess to the answer to the question up front i can't think of one right offhand, and part of that is when i was back of house um when i had a bad steak let's say um, if it wasn't so busy, I would be the one to personally take that steak back out to the guest mm-hmm. and I would face that guest and I would, you know, let them know, Hey, I apologize. This wasn't quite right. You know, I'll have them cut it right there in front of me. And I made sure I did that guest interaction when I was in the back of the house. So that transition for me wasn't so much, um, uh, a shock, you know, it was certainly something I could handle. Um, so I knew kind of what to expect. Um, yeah. it's more of the behind the scenes thing, you know, the, the being responsible for inventories, being responsible for, you know, how liquor costs are come up and, and how things are made and stuff like that, um, that was probably a bigger shock than actual uh, the transition from working with the food to the transition with interacting with the guest.
1: That makes sense. And to have an element of kind of engagement with the guests when you were the chef probably made it kind of an easier transition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not they, every not every chef does that. Some do, some don't. Y- you're right. Some do, some
2: don't. Um, most of the time, people do not give the chef a hard time. If there's been a change, it's they'll give the front of house manager a, a, a mouthful for sure. But normally, when the chef yeah. comes out, you know that was the fun part. It's like, hey, I'm really sorry this didn't quite work. Out. Oh, this is great. Thank you for bringing this out. To it's
1: like me. special treatment. It like is VIP treat- treatment. You know, right? if yeah. I come out
2: with the white coat, you know, yeah. everybody's like, oh, that's great. I'm glad you came out. Thank you so much. Food's been great. But uh, yeah, when you got the you know business suit on and it's all that, it's like oh, no, I, I don't like this staff. Now you're I don't prepared like this
1: to get, to get yelled at, right? <laughs> Prior to coming in to the Westin, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got your start in the industry.
2: In the industry, wow. Um, Ten years ago, give or take, uh, I had um, left a position with, uh, I was working for a computer company. I was a, a sales engineer and I uh, wanted to... Uh, get out of sales, and I wanted to move into uh, the culinary world. Um, oddly enough, it's funny to say this now, I got into the culinary world because I thought there would always be a job for me to <laughs> make sure I, I always had a job, you know? like Oh, man. Where, where do you, you know, where, where you can't find a, a culinary job, right?
1: That that one stings, right? Oh, yeah, that, that, that <laughs> does sting. But, but it's, uh, it's sensible. Yeah, it, 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 is. It,
2: it thought, you know, it thought pretty good back then. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so I, I got into, uh, I did some... Um, a year's worth of, uh, uh, what do you want to call that, uh, night classes, just getting introduced to the field. Uh, I took a job up in Kalahari Resorts up in the Sandusky area. I was a uh, a pastry cook up there, worked under a uh, great pastry chef up there. Um, Sandusky, isn't that where uh,
1: the auto parts store in Tommy Boy was? Yeah, yes, yes. Callahan Auto Parts? The, Callahan Auto Parts. <laughs> <laughs> I think, was that it? That's exactly where that is. Anyway, I want to um, when I hear Sandusky, I always think that. So, uh, yeah, I worked there for, for a while, and then uh, my... Uh, uh, Did you ever meet Big Tom Callahan? I'd never met Big Tom Callahan, no,
2: I'm, unfortunately. Um, that would have been a one to remember. It would so. have been a treat. Anyway, I'll stop. No, that's all right. Uh, so, um, I followed my sh- uh, chef Ann over to the uh, Ritz-Carlton in Cleveland, worked there for about a year. And then I took a job down in Columbus um, at the Renaissance, worked there for about four years. This was all behind the line, you know, working my way up from a line cook up to a kitchen supervisor. And then from there I took a job over at the, uh, the Westin there, I worked my way up into, you know, front of house management. So mm-hmm. definitely plenty of years of behind the house, uh, back of the house, uh, service, uh, definitely get back there and take care of whatever needs taken care of. Front of the house is a little newer to me, but, uh, learning every day and uh, making the most of it. So,
1: yeah, I think, um, as far as like transitions go, you took over that position not too terribly long before I came on board at the Weston, right?
2: That is correct, actually. You were in one of my first hires, yeah. um, and that was the biggest thing is to get a, a solid um, bar manager, bar lead, someone that can run the bar because, let's face it, Jason, you're from behind the line, so you don't know what you're doing up front. So I can definitely take care of the guests and take care of the, um, the paperwork side of things, but I need someone to take care of the cocktails, take care of the, the knowledge that I needed to get caught up on. So I'd like to think I made a pretty good leap on getting caught up on my whiskeys and my liquors and all that kind of good stuff. But, uh, I needed you to uh, make sure it all worked out smoothly. So
1: I try, I try to do my part. Um, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. Oh, it's so much easier to talk about (laughs) you though. (laughs) No, but you're talking about your continuing education. I know that's really important to you. You are, um, it's worth mentioning for sure, you're a bourbon steward with uh, Staven, the Staven Thief Society. Correct, right? Correct. which I, uh, is really cool.
2: I worked on that, uh, I got uh, uh, influenced or motivated. Uh, Leanne uh, achieved that and I was like, wow, I wanna get some knowledge as well. So I made sure I uh, took, my, took my classes and uh, learned some things and I passed it. So I got some basic knowledge there so I can work off that, so.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. And then, I mean, you even started, I guess since then, um really being engaged and I think even led a couple tastings at the uh at the West End.
2: Oh yeah, it's fun to uh Ohio being uh the control state it is, you know, you don't get a wide variety of everything you would like to try. So to be able to uh come up with different ways to make different tastings um knowledgeable and something that you can learn from, um, mm-hmm. is always fun. Um I've learned a great deal from uh Leanne and Blair and uh I' looking forward to continue to do that as soon as this uh, silliness passes
1: by. So, absolutely, and that's it's a lot harder to do to organize and to execute a tasting than what people may realize. It's you know you don't just pick any three random whiskeys and you know throw them in there. You, you there needs to be um, a theme often or some sort of connection, and you need to know what you're talking about because people are going to these and they're relying on you for that information and that education, so to speak. Yeah, you're
2: looking to to get some knowledge off it. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. just picking up three. Random whiskeys uh, doesn't really teach you anything, but if you pick up three different ryes or you th- three different uh, uh, proofs or bill re- uh, bill recipes, um, you know, there's all different things you can learn from when you do these. So, uh, yeah, it's not just picking them and throwing them out there. It's what kind of uh, value add can you put to that tasting so they can walk away saying, I
1: didn't know that. Let's uh, take a little break here. And I want to come back with you and talk about some of the beer that you've been brewing. My beer I've been brewing. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because often this is a a point or at least at some point in the show, Leanne will uh, break out and uh, the guest will make a cocktail but since you've been brewing beer, I thought that was a, a my, really fun twist on it.
2: My my COVID beer, your COVID beer. You yeah. know, I, I grew a COVID beard for a while, and I, I, I shaved that, I and know. then I. So I've been working on my COVID beer as well. So all
1: right, well, well, we're gonna be we're gonna come back in a minute and talk about COVID beards and COVID beers. That sounds great. All right. <laughs> all right, and we are back. Uh, Jason Potts is with us here, and he just poured. Some of the beer he's been brewing during the quarantine COVID crisis furlough from Weston, uh, which is one of the ways that he's one of the ways he's definitely occupied his time, and I think made the most of it.
2: Trying um, to trying to stay busy over the last couple of months, six months, whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean this is a fun way to do that. So tell us a little bit about what you brought here today. Some of the beers that you brewed. What do we have? All right. Well. You know, when COVID happened, got sent home, and
2: I definitely wanted to work on the house a little bit. But uh, all the house projects got done, so it's like, well, what am I going to do now? So um, I have a, a tap at home and a couple, two taps actually. I was like, well, I'm tired of buying beer, so maybe I'll make some beer. So um, started digging into the world of um, home brewing. Uh, got online, did some research, and actually, my son is into um, home brewing as well. So I got with him, and it's like, hey, let's let's have some fun. So, um, I brewed up my first, uh, stout, um, probably started that back in, uh, yeah, late July and, uh, had fun with this project. It was a, um, whiskey barrel stout, um, very dark. Uh, obviously it's not a summer beer per se, but I'm a, a stout guy. So I thought it'd be a fun one to, to play around with. Um, mm-hmm. and it had whiskey barrel and like, well, that's great. So, you know, there's whiskey, um, uh, uh, barrel chips that were, uh, soaked in that as well. And it's a very, um, it's a very dark, very full-flavored uh, beer, so it was a fun one to play around with. Um, still got a lot to learn, but uh, a fun little project, so
1: that was the first one. What do I have here? So I don't have the stout. What do you have for no, me here? I No, uh,
2: it's a wheat beer. It's an orange wheat beer. If you want to name it something, it's kind of a clone of a blue moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a sweetness with a little bit of... Um, no, what i i'm sorry i gave you the dunkel. i
1: was gonna say it's a little dark for a week yeah you're right you're
2: right i gave you the dunkel. i didn't want to
1: criticize i'm not no. brewing beer you're brewing beer <laughs> i didn't want to say anything I was no like, no uh, i you're...
2: was fascinated by the dark wheat no no it, no that's actually a dunkel. you're right um the dunkel is actually one of my favorite beers i actually get that a lot when i uh go to german houses and things of that nature so this one i just finished up and uh it's probably a little early to tap it uh carbonation is just getting there but uh Tasted it earlier today, and it was a great uh, caramel notes, a little bit of uh, coffee in that. Um, it, it's one of my probably of the three I've done so far, probably my favorite one right there. Um, and then earlier in the uh, in the summer, I was also doing like like I said, the wheat one as yeah. well. So, but yeah, the one you just had there is the uh, the dunkel.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. I just tasted it while you were describing it. Nicely done. And you have never done this before.
2: No, no, I've never been into. Um, Brewing or anything of that nature, but, um, I want to try to find a way to, uh, continue some education and being that distilling is uh, kind of frowned upon here in the States. I, I can't <laughs> distill my, <laughs> you, what I would like to do. So, uh, we'll you, stick with brewing you beer. Could. I could, yes, but it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is what I've uh, decided to do. And, and in all honesty, when, if you're thinking about, uh, you know, bourbons and rye and stuff like that this is actually the first step in doing that is you're going to do a, a mash bill and you're going to make a wart and then it's after this process that you'll go on to distill it and things of that nature so it's kind of the first step of making a whiskey so
1: yeah i mean i, I honestly i'm impressed this is these are like the first beers that you brewed and they are legitimately good so i've had I've had beer that people have brewed right out of the gate, and it's it's hit or miss. It's not always great <laughs> just because you're learning, right? So this right. Is, this is a learning process. And, and unless, be, of course, wait a minute. Did you have a bunch that you that you did and they just were terrible? No,
2: and, no, not yet. Uh, <laughs> you're,
1: you're omitting them?
2: I'm waiting for my <laughs> first uh, bad batch, but so far I've been really lucky. Um, yeah, they're great. Uh, I, obviously, the biggest thing of <laughs> brewing or anything is the, the sanitation part. So being I work back at house, I know how to sanitize. I know how to take care of that bit of it, but... You know just working with these basic recipes I mean I'm I'm no master brewer or anything I'm not creating things from scratch I'm working with uh, pre-assigned recipes but you know it's a fun little hobby to get into and and start uh, having some fun with so yeah you want to keep keep it going is
1: this is kind of your thing now
2: oh yeah I'm gonna definitely keep yeah. this going I I, I have a, a tap at uh, home that has uh, I can fit two six uh barrels in there and uh, I'm not gonna buy any more uh, six barrels anymore I'll just brew what I can yeah and put it on I got these little uh corny kegs that i didn't know existed until real recently so mm-hmm. again my being a noob at all this but uh, <laughs> I, I can do a six gallon batch or five gallon batch put it in a corny keg put it on my tap and that's it so right on man and it's a little fun so
1: what's next what's the next beer
2: uh the next bill i just started an oktoberfest um that won't be ready for quite some time um and then i came across uh, some uh rice wine or sake uh uh-huh. brewing it's it's actually brewed closer to beer and I, I actually brought the ingredients in the to do that, so I'll probably be doing that later this weekend just for something completely it's off gonna the It's going to be wall.
1: interesting. It's going to be a weird one for
2: sure. It's going to be very weird, but uh, I'm a big sake drinker. Not No, let oh, me you? take that back. I enjoy sake. Yeah. I'm not a big drinker. I don't have a collection of it, but I enjoy sake. So.
1: Had it once. No, so, I, I have it when I'm I go out. I'm a big, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, uh, so yeah, I'm going to be playing around with that too, but uh, again, this is just... Um, it's fun, but it's a way to just kind of continue some education. Something I can talk about when you know I get back to work. And I, think new cool. yeah. I think it's
1: super cool. super cool. I have never uh, brewed beer, but my wife Christina has. Oh yeah, and uh, she is one of these days we're gonna brew some together. But she's got that on me. I love <laughs> beer. I know a thing or two about it, but I've never I've never brewed it, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because. My boss just never gives me enough time off to really enjoy any hobbies outside of work for the most part. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know your
2: boss. He's a real Scrooge. I get it.
1: I'm uh, kidding. No, but one of these days I would, I would love to, you know, chat with like all of you, you know, you and Christina together. We can kind of maybe maybe brew something together. If that would be fantastic. I think it'd be fun. I Love know, it. I, I, I shouldn't say I've never brewed beer. I've helped. I've, I've like, I've had a hand in brewing beer, but I've never actually done it myself. So I'm fascinated by it. I think it's really cool. Uh so yeah, man, thanks so much for sharing these beers. Oh, absolutely. I, I, this is really cool. And uh, I think it's awesome that you're doing this. What what else have you been like doing to kind of keep yourself busy and sane since uh our bar has been closed?
2: Busy and sane since uh, March nineteenth, huh? Yeah. Um well, you know, I'd mentioned uh I'm looking forward to uh selling my house, get my house on the market sometime. So I had about uh a year's worth of projects i had to work on you know try to get uh, my ceilings replaced and you know all the plasters coming down i had all this work to do and uh, over the first three months i got all that work done so i'm ready to get my house on the market so hopefully once i get back to work and get the house on the market and we'll start doing that Um, after that my uh, son got married two weeks ago so um my focus was on getting him married and getting him out of the house Uh, he's been out let's face it he's been out of the house for a while now but you know that's done and over with now so that was a fun little project um sure yeah i yeah. was in charge of all the uh the beer and liquor i guess being the food and beverage manager i better uh better show on how to take care of a uh, an open bar so
1: yeah you got to show out and like your son's wedding <laughs> that's right if that's what you do for your for your living yeah absolutely
2: <laughs> so uh that was uh we took care of that and then now it's uh, i'm playing around with the brewing and then um i'm actually going to start doing some online classes and just try to stay sane because again i I don't know when I'm going back. I don't know when we're going back. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Sure, but um, I can't just sit around the house. So I'll be doing some online stuff and right on taking some classes. So very cool. Try to try to stay sane. So
1: and brewing beer
2: and brewing beer, brewing more beer for sure. Uh, unfortunately, brewing beer is like a you know three or four hour process. The rest of it's just waiting for it to mature. So I I can't do that all the time. So <laughs> though so. tasting
1: it along the way is nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice perk. So you know, obviously, you're a big fan of, of beer, and with your work and what you do, um, you know, there's the the knowledge of whiskeys and cocktails and things of that nature. I want to talk a little bit about some of your favorite beers and whiskeys and cocktails and some of the things that inspired you to want to continue to learn more about them. So we're on the topic of beer. What are some some of your favorite breweries around town here in Columbus? Uh,
2: you know, I I enjoy Wolf Ridge. That's um, probably one of the The first ones i got associated with when i took over the uh, food beverage manager Um, i know uh, jenna came over and we talked a little bit and she gave me a tour of the place and that Mm -hmm. really got me introduced to um, some of the behind the scenes of brewing and things like that Um, again they do a great uh, stout over there the dire wolf and all the variations of that so um, that's probably one of my uh, bigger ones i there are so many here in columbus i don't know where to give all the love to, but uh, that's yeah. the first one that comes to first my one mind. comes to mind, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean that makes sense. There's, there's a lot here. People um, are always surprised whenever I tell them how many brewers we have in Columbus. There, there's, there's a ton, and there a lot of them are great. A lot of great ones out I there. Don't know so. the exact number anymore because it's always changing. <laughs> but so, what about um, what are some of your favorite cocktails? Either that you have enjoyed for a long time, or that you've kind of discovered along the way with your with your job. Um, I would have to say my favorite cocktail
2: is any cocktail that Jesse Hubbard makes for me.
1: That is the correct answer.
2: I know it is. <laughs> Jesse <laughs> And I did not tell that. him to say that.
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, you know, look, seriously, though. Seriously. Uh,
2: <laughs> you know, I, I, I do enjoy a good, solid old-fashioned. Um, yep. it, it's a very basic. It's very classic. Um, a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, as far as cocktails go, an uh, old-fashioned... Um, I am a Scotch guy, you know.
1: I know you are. I, I
2: do enjoy my rusty nails as well. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, a little bit of rambuing, a little bit of Scotch goes along. Do long you remember
1: ways. when we went to B Dub's? Like, oh last my goodness. Year. Okay, so <laughs>
2: I do remember. So that. me and
1: Jason met up after work one day. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and um, you know, they're not known for their cocktails, obviously. obviously. But, you know, we you know, we got some wings. <laughs> Thank and God. I think I got a beer, and Jason wanted to get a rusty nail, and and I'm not hating on anybody because we've you know I've been there. We've all been there. You're start you're starting at some point or whatever. But it's not that they didn't know how to make a rusty nail. They said they could only, so, you know, you have the the portions for a rusty nail. They could not meet the portions unless they did it in two separate drinks. I do remember. So they said the only way we can sell you, it was the weirdest thing. The only way we can sell you a rusty nail is if we give you two rusty nails.
2: Well, that sounds like a great marketing plan. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I didn't think but of that. But you had to pay for two. <laughs> but you did have to pay for two. It was but. it
1: was the weirdest, and I, I we didn't question it. We're just like whatever, you know. Like I guess you get two. We're just getting now. started. We'll enjoy both, but uh, it it was odd. That was odd. That thing was and odd. So anybody listening, like go to, go to ups and order Rusty Nail and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> let us know. I'm curious. I'm curious to hear about your Rusty Nail experiences at Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> around the country. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, that, uh, that always makes me laugh. So yeah, I know you love Scotch um and you like john like johnny walker right that's your favorite is your, your go-to well that's why you have the wedding was the johnny walker johnny walker double black double black it
2: is a nice blend um you know when i'm looking for a nice uh campfire uh lafroig is always a, a good go-to as well and uh there's some solid scotches out there so LeFroy, yeah, is is a good that's a campfire okay. that's a good campfire i right like there. it
1: a lot of people like it but you know it's 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 a heavy hitter
2: that that is uh one that's not quite so uh, heavy-hitting is the uh, Akintoshin. I do enjoy that one as well. It's a, quite a bit smoother scotch, but uh, there's a couple of them out there. But my go-to when I'm going to the store, I'll probably pick up Johnny Walker Double Black. So,
1: Yeah, that's a good one, most definitely. Um, so we talked a little bit ago about you know your role uh, at, the, at the West End and the Great Southern Whiskey Bar, sure. your career. But I want to go back to that a little bit. Um, we've talked in the past and I know that, uh, um, from our conversations, you were, uh, an Eagle scout is, or are you, once you're an Eagle scout, are you always an Eagle scout?
2: Once an Eagle scout, always an Eagle scout. Okay, yes, you I are, are an Eagle scout. I, I earned the rank. Um, it never goes away. So,
1: which I, th- I thought was interesting. I didn't know too much about, <laughs> I didn't know too much about that until, uh, my cousin out in uh, Massachusetts became one, you know, and they were making a really big deal about, about mm-hmm. it. And I, I was confused because I thought, I thought, isn't it just like, you know, like a, like a Boy Scout or something you just sign up for? It's like, oh, no, it's a real accomplishment. You have to earn that. And so we were talking about that. And I thought it was really cool. Like, you touched on some of the skills that you got as a teenager from that and how it seemingly helped you in a career in, in management with leadership and things of that nature. So yeah, when what, I, well, yeah, what do you think?
2: When I think of, you know, the Boy Scout um, path and, and the things I did back there, yeah, there, there was the camping and the first aid and citizenship in the community nation world and all this kind of, um, these merit badges, but you don't recognize it when you're younger. Um, later on, I became a Scoutmaster and I got a better feel for what you were doing, but it's really about um, developing leadership skills. It's not necessarily right. just getting 21 merit badges and then, yeah, you get this. It's about, you know, how you go about doing that. Um, there's a project at the very end of the, uh, to earn your Eagle Scout badge. You know, you have to lead a project, um, take control of it. You know, something that's going to, in theory, help the community out. You manage different resources. You manage your, your scouts and you're in charge of this um, project. And that's really, when you, when you think back to it and what, what I learned through it. Yeah. I learned a lot of different skill sets. You know, I went up in a plane cause I got to learn my, uh, you know, airplane merit badge. And I learned about trucking mirror badges. I mean, there's all these different things and they're Didn't great. You, tell me you don't like flying. I'm not a big fly. I don't <laughs> like being up high, but so you earned that badge, but, I, but I earned that badge. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not about the different individual badges. It's about the, um, the, the trail, the goal to get to the end, to, to learn how to, uh, manage your time, manage your resources, and then when you get high enough up in, in, in rank and how to manage your team. Um, and I'd like to think I took some of those skill sets with me as I learned how to sure. to be a team leader and to use that as um, part of my management skill sets and things of that nature. Um, as well as when I my boys got old enough to be in scouts and I took on that leadership role to help them get their Eagle Scout as well. So um, cool. it was a great time to to just learn all those different skill sets and how to manage different things, different aspects of your life and stuff like that. So, yeah, I learned a lot of great things in scouting.
1: And you also coached soccer as well.
2: I did. I, uh, I played soccer, uh, wow. Third grade up through high school. Um, I, I missed an opportunity. Uh, actually, uh, uh, the coach from Ohio Dominican, uh, came to me and uh, tried to recruit me onto the Ohio Dominican team when I was in a senior. And Unfortunately, I had other uh, paths in mind, and I uh, did not take that opportunity to, to further my career there. So I stopped playing high school after uh, my senior year. Um, but then I went on to coach my uh, kids um, in soccer. And again, another opportunity to learn some leadership skills. Um, you know, that was obviously a lot more fun, but there is some organization with that as well. And just making sure that there is a common goal, and everybody understands what that common goal is and it may not necessarily be to win it may be to accomplish xyz and you know did we learn this this week and stuff like that so no
1: i think that's fascinating and because you know you don't really think about it often whenever you see somebody that's in a career path of management or whatever but but when you break it down and you look into the path that they took to get there you know there's certain things that maybe you not you wouldn't think of right out of the gate but these are two instances of being an Eagle scout and then, you know, essentially coaching your children through it and then coaching soccer, leadership, team building exercises and things like that, that, you know, clearly have benefited you along the way, uh, in your adult life.
2: Sure. They definitely translate over to when I'm trying to teach my team how to get to certain goals or, you know, here's what we're trying to do, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, put out a better product or whether we're trying to market something a little bit better. It's again, it's coming up with an idea of how we're going to, um, come up with a common goal and how we're going to get there together and
1: then make it. And that brings us to your current position. Once again, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Weston and I know you wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the unique aspects of the job there. But one thing in particular that I I wanted to touch a little bit more on was I I know it is um, something you're proud of as an accomplishment is the transition from Formerly Thurber's Bar to the Great Southern Whiskey Bar,
2: yeah. So when I took over um, about two years ago, uh, one of the tasks I was assigned with was we wanted to update the theme a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't necessarily a popular idea. And some, you know, some people really enjoyed the Thurber uh, name the Thurber Bar, and I understand that completely. But um, you know, I was
1: tasked with. Let's- I think. I think that the. Regular host of this show is one of those. those you know, people. I wasn't going to name anything, but
2: I, I do understand that. It, and it, you know, Thurber was a, a name here in Columbus, and yeah. I understand that, and I respect that. But I
1: think I think Leanne likes the whiskey bar too. Yeah.
2: Wow. Well,
1: a, relu- a reluctant, yes, re- re- reluctant, yes.
2: <laughs> um, but um, you know, that being said, I I understand that there's feelings involved with that. But uh, yes, I was pretty proud of the fact that uh, we got this transition. We transitioned over to the whiskey bar the whole thought process of focusing on whiskeys, focusing on kind of a, I don't want to say an old Western feel, but that old old bar, um, you know, whiskey barrels, the old pictures, um, you know, updating some uniforms, just to have that, that old feel to the, uh, to the bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, along with that transition, um, it wasn't just the, the bar, but it was also the staff as well. And again, like I mentioned earlier you know bringing you aboard was part of that transition and it was a you know it was a great time to you know bring some new life into that uh, we have some staff that's been there a while and I think they're pretty happy with it we got some new staff that I think are happy with it um so yeah it's been a it's been a great accomplishment on my part i I feel I, I
1: think that. it has I think that we've you know seen some awesome things happen there and with you leading the way. So that's been really cool. And you should be proud of that, you know, like I'm proud to be a part of it. it it's funny that you, that you mentioned that, you know, like me coming on right as that transition was happening because I remember when I sat down to meet with all of you guys about coming on board, <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I'm sitting with you, the GM of the hotel, and then the head of HR. And everybody's like, "Oh, so you moved here from Louisville, you know?" And they're just like, everybody was really excited that I came from Louisville. Like I had some sort of a secret key to unlock the magic trick of how to make a, a whiskey bar work. And I'm like, yeah. "I mean, <laughs> I mean, like they, they make whiskey and bourbon there, but like, <laughs> it
2: just, are it you was, saying you don't have that key? Because that's mean, why we brought you on." Yeah, you know,
1: I, I, you know, maybe I have a, I have a key. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's an E key, but I have a key. Um, no, but it was just the funniest thing. Like I, you know, just the fact that I came from Louisville. You guys were like, "Oh, that's perfect." That's absolutely- probably why I got the job, just where I live beforehand.
2: Okay, that, that was probably part of it, but I, I think the personality goes with it and a little bit of skill sets that you have. I mean, I, I'm, you, know, you you have some skills behind the bars. So. A little
1: bit. I can pour a beer. You can pour a beer?
2: <laughs> you make a cocktail or two. That one one or two. I can get down every now and then. So. Wonder- <laughs> uh,
1: thanks, man. That's really nice. Of oh, no problem. This. That's <laughs> No, but it's it, it was really cool to come on at that time because it was it, it was like a whiskey bar in name only. Whenever I started there, and you, everybody was still trying to figure it out, so it was really cool. You know, I mean, like, you Absolutely. know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't all. It, it was it, an idea. It, it looked like Thurbers, but it was still called the whiskey bar. So, you know, I I get a lot of compliments on our bar from various people around town talking about how you know like it just it's something that's on their radar now, or you know it's like it's it's a legit bar to go to for, you know, the, the younger crowd, whereas before it wasn't, and I, you know, and that's, you know, that's the things that you did to make it that. So it's a compliment to you really.
2: Well, I appreciate that, but I think it's something that we did. You know, we wanted to bring in the, uh, the outside crowd we wanted to give something to the people staying at the West End, uh, somewhere to go that they would enjoy coming back to, um, you know, week after week when they uh, come to visit. So, um, I think we did a great job and, and coming up with this concept and executing it. So,
1: yeah, I'm proud of it. Um, and the great staff that we oh, have there. Oh, it's an awesome staff. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It was was that difficult to put together a staff for not just the whiskey bar, but for the entire F&B department. I know the answer to this, but why don't you tell everybody <laughs> else because it's a unique it's a unique um, position that you are in because you have the breakfast part of it. You have room service. You have uh, you know, we have a hand in banquets, even though that's not your primary um, department and also the whiskey bar. So, yeah, there's a lot of
2: uh, pieces that go with uh, putting together a great staff. And, you know, I'm not going to say I brought on everybody, but it is giving the idea or giving that um, that common goal that we had talked about earlier is like everybody's on the same page to strive for this. Um, you know, we've had some turnover at the uh, whiskey bar and we brought in new staff and I think the staff that you and i have brought on has had that same goal in mind and that's why we bring those people on um as far as some of the other parts of the department you know it's just a matter of making sure everyone's on the same page yeah um you know everyone's uh unique and different and you can't manage everybody the exact same way and it's just a matter of bringing together a team that's going to you know look at the goal that we need to get to and they're going to get to it their way and i'm going to work with them to get to it that way so uh, it's been a great time and um during this um, crisis or silliness that we've been having on. Um, you know, it's nice to hear from my staff every now and then. I get texts from them, hey, what's going on? It's like, I don't really know, but good to hear from you. I hope you're hanging in there. So <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm looking forward to, um, I'm not even going to send out a text. I'm looking forward to making that phone call like, hey, yeah. I'm ready to go back. Are you ready to go back? I remember,
1: so, I don't know, that was a few weeks ago or whatever. And I, I called you. <laughs> I told Christina about this and we laughed. You know, I called you up just to chat and just to see if you had heard anything or whatever. before I even was able to ask if you knew anything about when the bar was going to open back up again, you asked me, have you heard anything? (laughs) And I was like, well, (laughs) that answers that. So if if my boss hasn't heard anything, then we're not going back right now. Um,
2: Yeah. I don't want to make it sound like I, I, I haven't heard anything
1: specific. I have been in touch with, you know, management. I know know, know you have, but you were uh, just having fun. Yeah, I I thought that was funny. (laughs) I thought that was funny. So, you know, it's an old hotel. Oh
2: yes, very old hotel. Very old
1: hotel, and with that comes rumors of ghosts and hauntings. You know where I'm going with this. Right? I, I know where you're going with that. Something uh, there, there's something a, that we're not supposed to talk about, right? Yeah, something we're <laughs> not supposed to talk about. So there's a lot of there's a lot of you know stories that you know I, I've talked about a little bit uh, on here in the past with Leanne and Blair, and a lot of stories people like to talk about. You know, in old buildings in general, but our hotel there's uh, certain hauntings that people claim claim to have seen or talk about, and it's it's all kind of in an, an, interesting topic but I remember was it last Halloween or the Halloween before
2: I want to say it was it, it was, was the, the first one the first Halloween yeah, the that first Halloween together. I'm there yeah
1: so we had a ghost tour in and uh I was behind the bar you were uh, working the floor I was I
2: was behind the floor just kind of sitting back and listening to these stories that quite yeah. frankly I've heard bits and pieces of but I you know I got off you know doing what I was doing and I'm gonna sit down I'm gonna listen to some of these stories so
1: yeah, and it, what's cool about these ghost tours, we get them come in from time to time, especially around Halloween. They come in. The building is was built in 1897, oldest hotel in Columbus. So th- this is one of the spots that they always go to. And so they're telling stories. And at that point, I was I was it was my first Halloween there, so I had heard bits and pieces of some of them. Sure, sure. I'd heard some parts, but I, there was some that I hadn't heard. And they started talking about. So let me preface this by saying that your, your office is not quite on the second floor, but it's kind of an in between floor, going up some steps, Correct. right? Yeah. It's like. In between the, the first and second floor. I in guess between, yeah, the right. they,
2: they call it the, like, mezzanine area or whatever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's in between, right?
1: And so we're listening to the tour guide talk about, you know, different stories. And all of a sudden, this one particular story caught my attention because it sounded to me like they were describing your office. <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, well, that's the only room it could be. But there was, you know, the is about there's a ghost that haunts it because of a room it used to be and you know yada 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 so i'm listening i'm like that sounds weird i look over to you your (laughs) face is white as a ghost your (laughs) mouth is wide open and you look back at me and you say without a hint of humor are they talking about my office (laughs) that's exactly it (laughs) and i think that they were um oh yeah they were (laughs) so that was interesting that was fun but I, I, i laugh about that all the time because like you're we're both listening. Now look over, and, and you're just like, you're like, holy crap! They're, they're, they're talking about my office.
2: I've not heard this story. I've heard the the classic ones about Ophelia and all this and that. But uh, yeah, they got talking about this story about yeah over in, in the middle area here. It's not on the first floor, not on the second floor. This lady, so and so died, in the uh, old lady, and the and it's what's an office now. And yeah, I'm just, I, I yes, I I'm sure I turned completely white, and I remember you looking at me as like
1: excuse yeah. me is that mine because i often, i all often will spend time in there late at night two three in the morning you know what i mean it's but it's not you know the hotel's open but it's just like oh man that's that's jason's office is haunted. Whoa, <laughs> or at least according to the the, the tour guide but th- so that's really funny I, I got the biggest kick out of that and i thought that was worth talking about um <laughs> without a doubt it's just one of my favorite memories of working with you there um Yeah, but there are there's a lot of history there, uh, in in general, not just talking about ghost stories and stuff like that. 120 plus years, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. A lot of uh, presidents have stayed there. Um, You know, we get a lot of celebrities that stay there currently, even, and it's it's really cool to just be a part of that. You
2: know, oh, absolutely, it's it's a great building and there's there's a lot of history there, and it's really fun when people come up and they just start walking the floors. And if it's one of those times I'm not overly busy, it's great to you know talk to them. And we have some great paintings that are in the in that second floor that, you know, all the different hotels that have burned down in Columbus. And mm-hmm. that's what one of the, the rooms that are named after and just a different, um, you know, used to be a billiard room. There. there used to be a hair salon or hair, uh, barbershop there. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot of different history that people really, um, enjoy hearing about. So mm-hmm. I'm no expert on and by means, but just those little tidbits, it's fun to talk to the guests about, and it's a great place to to just learn a little bit. So. It
1: really is. One that, and I'm only repeating this because I read it on one of the little like pieces, like little plaques. Or the little plaques that are around, like, One yeah. that I think is cool that everybody seems to enjoy is like up until 1982, every sitting president had stayed at the hotel. Yeah. From, from you know, 1897 to 1982. I'm like, that's pretty cool. That is. I'm assuming it's true because it's on, a, it's on, it's on the wall. It's on but the plaque. It's got to be like, like really? Right? I'm like, I don't know. They, they have it on the wall, so it must be true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of interesting tidbits like that. Uh, So one of the things that I've always appreciated about uh, you is that, you know, the importance you put on your staff having a work-life balance. And while right now there (laughs) isn't any work at the Great Southern Whiskey Bar to balance. Yeah, um, there's no balance right now. It's just all life. (laughs) I I look forward to getting back to a time where, you know, we're working crazy hours and, and trying to like, you know, Oh, how am I going to get a day off here, you know, or there or whatever, you know what I mean? So absolutely. Yeah. I, and I know you feel the same way. It's uh, we'll get back to that point. But, um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's something that is important for everybody now that we're not in the normal hours of working at the whiskey bar for the entire staff to still try to find ways to have that balance. Wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah. I mean, you need a balance in anything you're doing. Obviously you can't sit at home, you know, all day long. And at least for me, not accomplish something. So, you know, in the beginning it was getting house done and then later on it was focusing on my son's wedding. And then uh, now I'm, you know, playing around, you know, learning about beers and things of that nature. Um, But you you still need some sort of balance. Mm -hmm. At least for me, I can't sit around in in my bed all day and just not do anything. So I want to learn something. I want to continue growing and things of that nature. Um, So yeah, um, there's got to be a balance of you know video games and getting something accomplished so <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely you know and, and i look forward to when we can get back to work at the great southern whiskey bar and do what we do um but in the meantime like i said earlier uh, in the show i think this is a really cool little little moment for us to kind of sit down and chat not like we don't do it regularly anyway but to have a record of it and like this neat little time capsule we, I love can, look, it. we can look back on it's super fun Absolutely.
2: Yeah. This is a great opportunity. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me to do this. I uh, thank uh, Leanne and Blair as well to uh, let me come out and do this. Uh, like you said, it's a great little time capsule and mm-hmm. something to talk about. And Hopefully a year from now, 10 years from now, we can look back at this and just laugh at like, hey, what were you doing back then? Well, I had nothing <laughs> else going on. I wasn't working 60 that's, hours at
1: the whiskey bar. when you started brewing beer. <laughs> yeah, all that cool stuff. So, uh, Jason Potts, the food and beverage manager at the Great Southern Whiskey Bar, thank you again for being here today. Thank you to Leanne and Blair for uh, having me as the guest host and I am Jesse Hubbard. This has been if this bar could talk. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Listeners, please rate, review and subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on
0: Facebook and Instagram at CBus Craft Cocktail Tour and visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings and other events and merchandise. Thanks to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer
1: for our original music. Please remember to drink responsibly, tip appropriately, and be cocktail curious.
0: Cheers! This has been a Last Call Productions production.